Section 4. Facing the Battle of Your Life. The Masilis Yisharim says in Perik Aleph, Every person is smack in the middle of an intense and fierce battle in which he is surrounded by the enemy from all sides. Chapter 20. Heart and Soul. The Zayar HaKadosh says, Kuchibarichu leiboi minan ela liba. Hashem just wants one thing, your heart. Hashem has the ability to set us free. All we need to do is convince Him to help us. The Baal Shem Tev, says, A person's true place is where his thoughts are. We are used to thinking in terms of the physical world. If you are physically at the Kosel in Yerushalayim, then that is where you are. Whereas, if you are at work in Manhattan, then that is where you are. But the truth is that you are not your physical body. You are a soul, and your soul is not confined to your physical location. Therefore, even though you might be physically at work in Manhattan, you can transplant the real you to a completely different atmosphere and environment. You are not bound to the physical world to determine where you are. So even when you are physically at work in your office or doing mundane tasks such as grocery shopping, picking up the kids, dropping something off, you can really be anywhere you want. You can be at the cave of Rav Shimon You can be standing at the Kaisal Hamaravi. Anywhere that you want is available for you. And on the flip side, even when you are learning or davening, if your mind is somewhere else, then that is truly where you are. Your body might be in shul, your lips might be muttering beautiful words, but where are you? You are somewhere else. Therefore, as we begin to talk about the fight that each one of us has with our Yetzirah, our evil inclination, it is not only applicable for the sins that you actually commit, it is even about the battle raging within your mindset. Getting into the spirit. The Holy Torah is a training manual in which Hashem imparts to us the right way to live our lives. It is not just an instruction manual about what to do and what not to do. Rather, a person should strive to digest and internalize the spirit of Hashem's divine will. If Hashem says that something is wrong, disgusting, depraved, sickening, etc., if your mindset would be pure and holy, then you would internally feel the same way about that thing. If Hashem says that something is dangerous for you and can cause you spiritual cancer, then you must not lust after it on any level. Therefore, even if you are not actually acting out on a certain sin, which is great, but you still might be bound to it in your mind, and there is much work to be done to separate yourself, the real you, your mindset, from the evil, bad corruption that has taken root in your mind, that allows you to think that something that is really bad could be really something that you want. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that true freedom is total control over not just your actions, but also your mind, because your mind is 
who you really are. The Rambam says, A person should not think that he must repent only for actions, acts of sin. Rather, a person must also repent for thoughts of sin. In fact, thoughts of sin are actually more difficult to rectify than acts of sin, because when a person is immersed in corrupt thoughts, it is very difficult to separate himself from them. Let's get practical. In Sefer Priha Aretz it says, Even if there are sins that you have never succumbed to, and you may feel that you have no practical connection to those sins, you may be more tied to them then you really want to believe. Why? Listen carefully. Because even if you never actually come to perform a certain sin, it is possible that that sin exists alive and well right there inside of you. It just never actually happened. It never materialized because the opportunity did not present itself. Maybe you were never truly challenged or maybe you were too embarrassed to sin. Or maybe there was some other reason that prevented you from acting out on your desires. In other words, you might feel that you are 100% committed to Hashem. However, if in a certain situation you would sin against Hashem, then although in the practical physical world you did not sin and you have no action of sin to be sorry about, to apologize for, but the fact still remains that there is a major breach in your internal loyalty to Hashem. At the end of the day, that rebelliousness and unfaithfulness to purity and holiness are very much alive right there inside of you, and you cannot claim that you are completely internally faithful to Hashem. As it says in Shmuel Aleph, Ki ha'adam yira le'inayim, Hashem yira le'levav. A person's vision is limited only to what he can see. However, Hashem sees all that is in a person's heart. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Two-Faced Special Sergeant McGrady was the top bodyguard of the President of the United States. As he stood there with his hands on his AKA semi-automatic machine gun, he was dreaming about how much he would love someone to kill the President since he hated him so much. Now, as far as people can see on the outside, he is doing a wonderful job. However, what do you think would happen if the president would get a birthday present from NASA of the latest technologically advanced version of BTS, Brain Thought Scanner, and it would openly reveal to the president what the bodyguard was actually thinking? In the very same way, if Hashem tells us to not do something... Of course, it's wonderful when we do not do that sinful act. However, Hashem has one of those amazing thought scans, the BTS from NASA, and He can see what we are really thinking inside of us. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Ticking time bombs. In Wikipedia, it explains, a sleeper cell refers to a cell or isolated grouping of sleeper agents who belong to an intelligence network or organization. The cell sleeps, which means lies dormant, inside a target population until it receives orders or decides 
to take action. While most Axis espionage agents sent to the UK during World War II were almost immediately caught and neutralized, a few who had infiltrated an area a long time before that and set up a clock repair shop or something else innocent that was also near a naval base were activated only when there was a specific operational requirement. Inside the crevices of your mind may lie sleeper cells of the evil enemy that consist of things that you have seen and thoughts you have had. And over time, this corruption has taken root, gotten comfortable, and fortified inside of you. They may lie dormant for years, living comfortably within your mindset, but if you don't root them out and kill them, they may surprise you someday. This sheds light on why there are times that a person can perform a sin that is really truly beneath the level that he is on, and he even shocks himself. He wonders, where did that come from? It is true that until now the sinful action may never have materialized, but in your imagination you may have done this sin many, many times. In fact, you can probably even write a book on it. So if and when this sin rears its ugly head, don't act all shell-shocked and surprised, for this sin has been incubating inside of you for years. The whole point of Hashem teaching us in the Torah what to do and what not to do is not just teaching us practical things that we should and should not do. It is in order to raise our mindset out of the gutter and to become truly elevated humans who think in line with what Hashem has taught us is correct and proper. Hence, when Hashem says that something is wrong or an abomination, and you still dream about doing it, even though you will surely be rewarded for controlling your desires and not acting out on them. But how could you honestly say that internally your mindset is in line with God? Putting aside your actions for a moment, do you completely think and feel like a Yid should? And that's what the Nesiva Shalom explains. That is why here, Hure Avera, thoughts of sin are more difficult than the sin itself. Ki here, Hure Avera him shoyrish hara hanimtza ba'atz musoy. And now we understand why thoughts of sin are considerably more dangerous than actual acts of sin. For these invisible, secretive thoughts are where moral and ethical corruption have freely taken root inside of you without restriction. The Nesiva Shalom continues, since no one knows what you are thinking, you can be sitting and learning with impure thoughts flying around your mind. You can be davening, shuckling away with impure thoughts. You can be smack in the middle of a Musser Seder, or you could be sitting at a Rebbe's Tish, and no one knows what's going on in your mind. Well, except maybe the Rebbe. This is the danger of impure thoughts. Since they are not rooted in the physical world, they have no boundaries in time or space or financial, and so they are actually unlimited. Additionally, when a person actually sins, at least he feels bad about what he did, and he knows that he must repent. 
But thoughts of sin are more difficult to eradicate because a person does not even consider them to be real sins, and so he doesn't even feel so bad about them. It's not on his Yom Kippur punch list. Therefore, these thoughts slowly creep into your mind and become very much a part of you without receiving the resistance that you would have towards actually doing those things that you're actually thinking about. And the Pritzadik says, When the Torah says that the Torah is close to you, it is in your mouth and it is in your heart to do. It doesn't say it is in your actions to do. You know why? Because the main thing about a person is his heart. And once your heart is correct and right and in line with God, then all your actions will be as well. You know, people say, you are what you eat. We now can say, you are what you think. The Teres Chaim says in Masech the Sanhedrin, HaKoyl Tali Belev, Ki Boi Mishkan HaNeshama, V'chol HaEivarim Griri Basrei. The reality is that everything really depends on your mind. For that is the home of your Neshama, of your soul, and that is who you really are. And the physical limbs merely follow and carry out the will of your mind. So whereas you might have originally wondered, hey, come on, what's the difference what I'm thinking? Now we realize that all that really matters is what you are thinking. What you think is what you are. It's what you believe in. And in fact, the only significance of your actions is only because they are a representation of the physical manifestation and materialization of your thoughts. And so, whether you have sinned and want to change your ways, or even if you have not brought out that sin, but you know that beneath the surface you are connected to sin, and you are not entirely committed to the way of Hashem, in both instances, the solution is the same, because both problems stem from the same source, your corrupt mindset that is bound and gagged. David HaMelech writes in Tehillim, Release my soul from the chains that bind me, so that I may praise your name. There are two parts of this message. Part 1. Our pure holy soul is bound by thick chains preventing us from acting the way we truly want to act and being who we truly want to be. If these chains would be removed, I would be so good. And message number two, a person who is bound and gagged cannot be satisfied and grateful for all the good that Hashem has given him. If only these chains would be removed, I would be able to truly appreciate all the good in my life. And that's why David HaMelech says, take me out of the chains in order so that I may truly be able to praise you. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Addictive Mindset When a person quits smoking, even though he doesn't smoke anymore, he still could have the mindset of a smoker. He is a smoker fighting his addiction. Similarly, there's a very big difference in the mindset of an obese person who lost weight and a naturally skinny person. The same applies to any mindset that imposes itself on you. Even if you manage to control it, you are still an escaped slave at risk of being caught up once again in the web of your addiction. There are three types of people in the world, in control, out of control, and controlled. 
our hero David HaMelech taught us that we must cry out to Hashem, have mercy on me and unchain me so that I may be mentally and emotionally free to soar to you. Ah, how incredibly good I would be, how happy I would be to serve you if only you, Hashem, would unbind me even just a little, even for just just a short time, I would run to you, I would sing your praises. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Proof of ownership. The Dubna Market brings an example. David owned a prized chicken. This chicken had beautiful feathers and laid high-quality eggs. It was his main source of income, and it was very dear to him. One night, Chaim stole the chicken from David and plucked out all of the beautiful feathers so that David could not be able to identify that this was his chicken. The next day, David realized that his chicken was missing and began searching frantically for it. Lo and behold, he found it in Chaim's chicken coop. He ran over to Chaim, grabbed him by the lapels and demanded, Give me back my chicken! Chaim retorted, Leave me alone! This is not your chicken! Poor David had no way to prove that this was really his prized chicken, since his chicken had beautiful feathers, and this one had no feathers at all. David thought for a few moments and then responded, I will prove to you that this is my chicken. If you open the door to the coop and let the chicken roam free, you will see that it will come to me. We look very different today than we did 4,000 years ago, when Hashem selected us to be His chosen nation and gave us His holy Torah. And we have certainly fallen very far from the lofty spiritual levels of holiness and purity of the golden days of our glorious history. Yet, as far as we may have strayed, we know deep down that if Hashem would release us from the thick bonds of the Yetzirah, evil inclination, that pollutes and contaminates us on a daily basis, then boy oh boy, would we run straight into His awaiting embrace. Let's learn from a sea dog. A sea dog? Yeah, a sea dog. Let's learn from it. Rebbe Vajim says something fascinating. Although the sea dog spends most of its time in the ocean, since it runs to dry land when it senses danger, it is considered, according to Allah, to be a land animal. Did you just get what I just said? What I said is as follows. There's a different halacha for sea animals and for land animals. The sea dog is really a little bit in the ocean and a little bit in land. A lot of it in the ocean. A lot of it in the land. We don't know what it is. So the Bartanura says, not the wine. No, no. The Rebbe Ovadi Bartanura, the Pirush on Mish, on Mishnais, on Kalim, says, although the sea dog spends most of its time in the ocean, so it should be According to Allah, an ocean animal, since it runs to the dry land when it senses danger, it is considered a land animal. Reb Tzadik HaKoyin Melublin says about this, El makoim she'adam bayreach b'shast sarasai nikar she'sham sharshai. This clearly drives home an incredible point. If you want to know a person's essence, Don't focus on where he spends most of his time and how he usually acts. Rather, look at how he acts and where he runs when he senses that he is in danger. For that is the measure that correctly describes what the person is really all about. No. Where does a Yid run when he's in danger? He runs to Hashem. Danger breaks those chains that normally hold us back from running to Hashem. And once unbound... 
Our true essence becomes revealed and we act the way we really wanted to act all along. And so, we invite you on a journey. Fasten your seatbelt as we delve into your psyche to discover what is holding you down and preventing you from reaching your potential. And then, you will be able to program your GPS and reach your final destination. The Nesiva Shalom says, this is what David HaMelech prayed for when he begged Hashem, release my soul from the chains that bind me. He was saying, Hashem, please take me out from being mentally bound, overpowered, suppressed, restricted, and controlled, and set me psychologically free so I can soar to you. And you'll go higher